Hey Vinny, it's good to be back. Episode 2 of the 2020 calendar year. How do you feeling? Wow, it's it, here's, it still feels really strange for you to say 2020, man, but uh, it's actually February 1st, so sounds like we are on pace. On track. 12 pods this year. Yes, sir. Dude, we are on track and on target, and I am beyond excited because we almost recorded this last week, and like then that would have put us way ahead of schedule, and we might have pushed out 13 podcasts, and I don't know if the listening public would be ready for that. No, I think it would have thrown us off, so it it's only makes natural sense that we decided to push it out to February, baby. But yeah, um, Vinny, as you know, I am currently a single man, and in the past, you know, the last five years, I've been dating around since the end of college, and one thing that I really enjoyed doing was using dating apps. Um, I haven't used dating apps in the last, like, maybe year and a half, but back in the day, I was in all of them. I was on Tinder. I was on Coffee Meets Bagel, I tried Hinge, Bumble, you know, you name it. All of them were on the table. But, uh, you know you know what the one common denominator between all of those dating apps was? What was it, Joe? It's getting ghosted, right? You get you meet girls, you match with girls, and then you start texting them, they text you, maybe you go on a date, and the next thing you know, boom, she's not talking to you anymore. Ghosted. But you, you know what a really novel new experience is? What? Uh, not getting ghosted by a girl on a dating app, but getting ghosted by a dating app. What? <laughs> what do you mean? So for those of you who are kind of confused about this weird scripted segment that we're doing, <laughs> it's not a paid ad. Because guess what? We got ghosted by a dating app for <laughs> sponsorship. About uh, two months ago, Vinny and I were pretty excited because we got direct messaged on our Instagram account um, from a dating app. Uh, whose name we will not disclose uh, in case they might sponsor us in the future. <laughs> but um, they, they were asked, they were, they're asking us if we were interested in becoming a sponsored partner. And like, of course, I mean, you hear me and Vinny every single episode saying, please sponsor the pod. So obviously we're in it for the money, people. This is not a pet project anymore. We're in it for profit. <laughs> yeah, but um, they asked for like our our, our uh, some stats about our listeners, our demographics, uh, stuff like that. Uh, maybe to our mistake, I gave honest answers. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. let them know about the six to seven of you that listen on a monthly basis now, and they never hit me back. So, I I gotta say this is a first for me getting ghosted by a dating app. I don't know how you feel about this, Vinny. How do you feel? All I know is, man, just please don't sponsor the pod, um, <laughs> unless uh, unless there is a bag involved. Then I, I don't mean that, but we're not going to say the name, Joe. You're right. We're going we're gonna bleep it out if we do let it, you know, come out by accident <laughs> or not. Uh, but hey, man, I think it's a good way to just say uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy and no, we're not. New year? We're not delayed. <laughs> what are we doing? It's Happy Lunar New Year. Happy Vietnamese New Year. I have a lot of uh, people around the office these days, too, um, going around being like, oh, it's, it's Chinese New Year, everybody. It's Chinese New Year. And in, in the back of my head, I'm like, dog, it's also Vietnamese New Year. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but I, I don't correct anybody yet because I'm that shy little boy in the office uh, still. But, you know, I just want to like put it out there that more than one uh, Asian culture or Asian ethnicity here celebrates the Lunar New Year. It's multiple. 
um, Joe included, Korean, representing <laughs> Koreans, and, and also for Vietnamese for us. But for everyone, it's still the Year of the Rat. So just want to put it out there for all of our dear listeners. Happy New Year to you. Hope you had a great one last weekend. It was uh, last Saturday, actually. Yeah, um, I think that segues directly into my bad Asian memory because I had no clue it was last Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I actually had no clue. Um, someone texted me like, hey, isn't something big happening this weekend? And I was like, no, I'm not doing anything. Why, what's up? And he's like, isn't it Lunar New Year? I was like, oh, oh, yeah, uh, shit, <laughs> right? Like, and then, yeah, it was kind of awkward after that because I had no clue. Joe, that is a bad Asian moment. You know, right before we even started hitting record, um, every year my mom always sends this like very traditional Vietnamese um, New Year's dish called a uh, dek and uh, it's like a sticky roll, sticky rice roll with mung bean in the center, a little pork in there too, wrapped in a banana leaf. And uh, every year I'm almost like, hey mom, you know, I don't know, I think I'm gonna eat the whole thing. Just send me like one, and she sends me three with <laughs> with, the, with a ton of fruit. Priority shipping box from USPS. Thanks, mom. But uh, anyway, uh, I, I was bringing the New Year that same way, and and you know, if I was had a chance to be back home, I'd probably be gambling, giving out red envelopes. <laughs> Um, receiving them from my various aunts and uncles, and uh, yeah, that's that's how that's how the Vietnamese bring in the New Year, Joe. So that's that's a that's a good Asian moment for me. Dude, did I ever tell you that that was like the worst part of New Year's for me? Is that like because um, like most I don't know I feel like a lot of Asian families like they live near their extended family, mm. and mm-hmm. so like whenever it's like New Year's time, I remember I'd like come back to like come back to school either like on New Year's or on Lunar New Year's and. Um, like, all the Asian kids, like, talking about how much money they got from their family. And I was like, shit, like, all my family lives in either Boston or L.A. And, like, I'm sitting there in, like, like 45 minutes outside of Philly with just, like, me and my, like, nuclear family. And they're not giving me money. <laughs> like, and so, like, they'd always come back and be like, yeah, I got, like, $600. And I'm like, bro, I got nothing. Sometimes I would lie and be like, yeah, I got, like, 50 bucks. <laughs> Dang. It's tough, well, man. you know, tough. I would have given you a suggestion, but I, I tried this. It didn't work with my mom. I was like, you know, I'm not around this year to get any of that those red envelopes. Could you like send them in the mail? And she's like, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> nice try, nice try. So sorry to hear that, Joe. I, he's right. I think I was lucky to have most of my extended family kind of all in the same same area, kind of clustered together. So it's easy for everyone to get together and and for me to just get money by just saying a simple phrase, you know, and not really talking to my yeah. aunts and uncles in any other real way so <laughs> i'm sorry to hear that your family was spread so i, I always wondered what other uh you know groups even i didn't i think i just learned recently that you said koreans also celebrate lunar new year so that was that's something i just learned i don't really know what you guys are doing otherwise but we weren't swapping the stories it was just me and my other chinese friends <laughs> but yeah yeah so uh 2020 i think has brought in a new beginning for me or it's gonna bring in a new beginning for me um I'm recently, so those of you who like know me personally outside of the podcast know that I've swi- recently switched teams or I'm in the process of transitioning between teams at my company, which is very exciting. Um, so it, it was like funny because um, I don't know if I texted you about this Vinny at the time, but like, like my manager had been out on vacation for like a whole month between Dece- like mid-December to mid-January and during the like one week of January that I was at back at work before my manager came back, like a friend of mine who was on that team previously, she like reached out to me and she was like, Hey, like, do you want to join my team? And I was like, Oh, hell yeah. Right. And so like, we like schemed out this whole thing. And then we like 
I so like if you like apply internally on like the internal website, it alerts your manager, being like, "Hey, like your associate has just uh, applied to another role within the company," you know. And so you don't want your manager to be caught by surprise, right? And so like, uh, me and her, like me and um, <clears throat> my friend, we like talked about it and we like set everything up. And then she talked to the recruiter. The recruiter like opened up like a new requisition for like my job role and stuff like that. And so like everything was like set up, ready to go. And like we just had to wait for my manager to come back from vacation so that I could break the news to her. But like that day, it was so weird because like it's so funny how feelings translate between situations. Mm-hmm. And so the last time I broke up with a girl was uh, my ex ex girlfriend, and like I had this like feeling all day before like I was able to break up with her in person and so like like all day i was like running through what i was gonna say in my head like my hands were kind of clammy i was really nervous and then i noticed like that monday when my manager came back i was gonna i was gonna break the news to her that i felt the exact same way and i was like this feels like a breakup (laughs) you know like i was like rehearsing my lines i was gonna be like hey you know it's not you it's me (laughs) i'm looking for a new opportunity like it just does uh it's very interesting that um that a breakup feels the same with like my manager and my ex girlfriend. But I don't know if that says more about my ex girlfriend or my manager. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I get it though. The analogy's there. You gotta rip the band aid off. Mm-hmm. You gotta kind of have a clean break. Let them know. Give them reasons. Give them some closure too. Mm-hmm. I can't relate. I was kidding. <laughs> No, no, it's fine. Hey, congrats on the new job, though, Joe. I know we talked about this outside of the podcast, but I'm proud of you, man. Yeah. I officially start at the end of February, though, so it's like still kind of a far ways away. Do you find yourself kind of kicking back, though, or are you still going at 100? What am I saying? I don't know what kind of question it is. Of course, Joe, Joe doesn't slap. Yeah, I'm going 100, I'm man. Going. My employer, if you're listening to me, I'm always going 100. <laughs> I enjoy your conversations with Steve, even though I do feel a little jealous. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, man. Dude, that is a true <laughs> office bromance. It is a true office bromance. Uh, for those of you who do follow me on Instagram, you guys know who Steve is. <laughs> Go, Steve. Yeah. You don't listen to the pod. <laughs> of course, of course. But what else is new with you, Joe, in the, the, this past month of January? What, are, what else have you been doing? Um, I've been starving myself. Uh, so last year around this time I embarked on the starvation diet and it was wildly successful. So like some people, wait, wait, hold up. Wait, what, what's the starvation diet? Some people like to call it intermittent fasting and I'm like, no. Okay. Like, that's what, that's what I would no, prefer no, to. No, people are like, oh, are you doing IF? I'm like, what the hell is IF? And I'm like, they're like, oh, intermittent fasting. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? They're like, oh, you eat two meals a day. I'm like, nah, bitch, I'm doing the starvation diet. I eat one meal a day. Anyways. Oh, so I get it. So you're, you're pretty much protesting Tom Brady retiring from the NFL. <laughs> yeah, it's a hunger strike. But, um, okay. that, that's, that's what this is. It's not starvation diet. This is a hunger strike. It is. I'm essentially... Was it Gandhi who did that? Um, <laughs> no, I mean, don't call me out like that, man. I don't, I don't know. Oh, shoot. All right. Was it... Uh, no, it was... Uh, Susan B. Anthony at the White House. I don't know, dude. But people have done hunger strikes before, and I'm ashamed that I don't know who who it was. Okay, it's happened many times in history, Joe. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to starve myself as a punishment for this. But, um, but yeah, like last year was wildly successful. I lost 20 pounds in one month. And this year, I'm a little bit fatter, and I have a little bit less muscle than I did last year. Uh, I'm going to put the blame squarely on my shoulder surgery. 
even though that's a very convenient excuse. Um, and I'm trying to whittle my weight down back to like 165-ish. Okay. All right. I heard it's effective though. Um, you know, whether you're talking about a starvation diet or IF. Um, but wait, wait, what was the reason for doing this again? Remind me. I'm just fat and I hate it. Oh, Joe, you're beautiful. Come on. People don't understand the amount of self-hatred I have for my own body. And people are like, Joe, that seems like a really deep-seated insecurity that you should really take a look at. And I'm like, no, I'm very happy that I hate fat. <laughs> but yeah. Hey, I'll- at the end of the day, what we're promoting on this podcast is... A healthy you know, lifestyle. <laughs> a healthy lifestyle with regular diet and exercise is what we think Yeah, but if you, want rapid, if you want rapid and extreme results, do rapid and extreme things. <laughs> okay. Uh, Speaking of extreme things, Joe, life, life update for me. In the month of January, I recently signed up for Core Power Yoga. Ooh. Um, I'm trying to up my, my flexibility. I, I we do between Shannon and I, we do a lot, like a lot of running. And one of the things I think we don't really kind of get around to enough is probably like stre- stretching before or after any long run. And I think it kind of like bit us in the butt when it came time to actually do the marathon. So I figured why not just force myself to uh, get really sweaty, pack myself into a room as if we were like, in a, like, I don't know, like sardines pretty much <laughs> is the best way to kind of explain it. This studio just opened up um, where we live and, like they were running a ton of promos so like as far as, as like the first couple months or just like the first month everything was free so people were just like showing up you don't actually have to like schedule anything and yeah it's like maybe like a f- couple of you know, like inches of space between actual mats and stuff it's pretty insane how they make it work but dude so far so good you know i only almost passed out in my very first class <laughs> which wasn't actually yoga that's what they fooled me like it's more of just like a high intensity interval training like workout and they just turn up the heat to like 90 degrees fahrenheit or whatever it's it's insane yeah um but i only got through like half the workout and pretty much had to sit down like a little boy <laughs> for the rest of it i was like the teacher comes over is like hey do you need do you need some more water do you need some more like electrolytes uh and all the while she's like trying to be inspirational to the rest of the class and she says hey um for all you guys out there just remember uh yeah, don't forget to be uh, be brave to fail at something new. Okay, <laughs> like looking at you, guy in the corner. <laughs> I, oh, I was in the middle of class. <laughs> I told you for the next class that I wanted to hide into a corner so that happened again. But dude, I I persevered. Class two, I didn't give up. Keep, Proud of you. Keep pushing. But yeah, man. Hopefully this year I'll be way more um, stretchy. That's for sure. You know and, what Tom uh, Brady would say? What would he say? You should become more pliable. Pliability oh, like, is his thing. I prefer that word. That's better. Mm-hmm. Dude, I uh, I used to do hot yoga back when I had when I went to Lifetime. Okay. And like it's, I think it's similar to like the core power stuff because they do like a lot of high intensity like stuff with like yoga mixed interspersed within the middle. And they'd be yep. like, and they like use a lot of yoga terms like use your ujjayi breath, you know. And you're <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> you're, I'm just like sitting there, I'm like, what the fuck's an ujjayi breath, you know? And she's like, but um, but yeah, I mean. Yoga, hot yoga is like honestly one of my favorite activities to ever do, like exercise wise. I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan. 
Yeah, man, I'm just trying to get into the life. Now I'm, like, looking up yoga mats. I'm trying to figure out, like, uh... You got some Lululemon shorts or something? <laughs> yeah, dude, I gotta, I gotta get the right clothing mm-hmm. and the apparel and stuff. I, honestly, it's not not even a joke, though. Like, most people, I guess guys in the class don't wear shirts, but, like, I'm, I have nothing to show off, so I'm trying to keep it keep it pretty PC, you know? But um, I'm just trying to get, like, the right clothing so stuff starts, like, flying over my head while you're doing, like, a downward dog or, like, any of the other um, stances and stuff, so... I'm just learning, man. But so far, so good. I, I enjoy it a lot. I definitely do. And thank you, Tom Brady. I will try to be more pliable. Um, how old is he now? 42? Is that yeah, what he is? He's going on 43. Wow. What's his next move, Joe? What's going to happen next? He's staying in New England, folks. You heard it here first. This is an insider uh, tweet. You know, this is you heard it here first on the pod. Adam Schefter knows nothing. Joe Ch- you heard it here though uh joe from the two asians podcast is calling it now tom brady staying with the new england patriots you definitely didn't hear my last name i don't dude no no what what last name i don't know what you're talking about yeah but uh that makes a quick easy segue into the nfl uh we're sitting here on super bowl saturday um prior to the actual super bowl tomorrow um, and unfortunately, it's two teams that are not either of our teams playing in the Super Bowl. So we got Niners Chiefs. Vinny, who you got? Yeah, I got, I got Big Red. I didn't make any prop. I, didn't, I haven't made any bets. Wait, yet. Big Red? They're both red. No, no. But there's only one Big Red, Joe. That's Andy Reid. Oh. <laughs> of the Kansas City Chiefs. That's true. And um, I'd be remiss to say that. What it seems really appealing to me about Kansas City, if you guys know anything about me since listening to the podcast, is I've heard they have delicious barbecue down there. <laughs> I would love to go just to eat, um, no matter how cold it is. It does seem like a lovely place. And uh, shout out to Netflix for pretty much putting on a big ad for that city with um, with Queer Eye. They, they kind of had a whole season out there, so it looked pretty pretty gnarly, pretty cool. Um, but yeah, other than that, dude, I'm rooting for the Chiefs. No no rhyme or reason. Pretty low stakes for me. I think it's just going to be an entertaining Super Bowl. Better, way better than the snooze fest last year, man. <laughs> Say what you want, man. A ring's a ring. Anyways, I'm taking the Niners because Jimmy G is the second hottest quarterback in the NFL to none other you know, than Tom Brady. I have to interject here because Joe put up a, a poll about who is the... Uh, who's better looking. Yeah. Who's better looking. And I, I didn't get a chance to, to weigh in, man. I'm going to have to go with... No, really? Oh my, <laughs> dude! Oh my God! So Jimmy, this is quick background, folks. This is for Jimmy Garoppolo versus Travis Kelsey. But Joe, please take it. Right. Away. So Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, and Travis Kelsey is a star tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think Travis Kelsey made an appearance on like The Bachelor. Or I don't know. He's like a big reality TV kind of guy. Like he's he has an outrageous personality. He dresses very fashionably. People really like him. You know, like women find him very attractive, but women and men alike find Jimmy Garoppolo unbelievably hot, as do I. Um, he's just a crazy good-looking guy. I can't get over it. And, like, also it doesn't hurt the fact that he's a former Patriot, a Tom Brady understudy, winner of two Super Bowls. So We have to, I guess, agree to disagree. Just, you know, Kelsey related to uh, former... Super Bowl champion um, Jason, so <laughs> I think that's where he has the leg up for me personally. But uh, we'll let the people decide. Um, 
I mean, all 56 of us, 56 of our followers, you know, I'm going to put that same poll up on the Two Asians podcast <laughs> just so uh, we can get some clarity, some uh, finality here so that Vinny can yeah, find out the, that he's wrong. In the spirit of the weekend Super Bowl, you know, Super Bowl weekend, in which I'd like to say, I don't know why, we, they should give us Monday off. I think this is a pretty yes, it's a national popular holiday. opinion. It's not yeah. an unpopular opinion, but the Monday after the Super Bowl, we, everyone should have off of work. Even for all the nerds, I'm kidding. Just kidding, folks. People that don't watch Super Bowl, you're fine. <laughs> but yep, nerd. it's still super American. Come on. Yeah, this is the two Americans pod here. We're we're talking Sorry. about the Super Bowl, baby. But um, but yeah, I mean, Vinny and I both suffered crushing defeats on Wild Card Weekend uh, <laughs> earlier in January. So that was uh, it was tough, you know. But it's actually interesting because um. Like, normally, during, like, the Patriots' annual run of the Super Bowl, I suffer from a lot of anxiety during the week and on Sundays, where, like, I'll be, like, furious all day if, like, the Patriots lose and stuff like that. And it's actually kind of nice to, like, not feel that anxiety for, like, the first time in, like, five years. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, that is that is true. You guys usually are much further than this, so it's a new feeling. I can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I mean that's all uh, pretty much all I had for the for the NFL. You got anything? Yeah, man. Not 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 too much for me other than, you know, Jadavion Clowney's a dirty player. <laughs> I really have to say. Um but well, I won't get into the weeds of that. But just know folks, he's a dirty player. I just like to take this uh, moment to just say, welcome everybody to the Two Asians Podcast. Oh yeah, my name's Joe. And I'm Vinny. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to quickly, you know, maybe hop into a, a, a fun segment. This is a new one, folks. Um, it's called uh, Tap, Two Asians Podcast, or No Tap, Two Asians, Two Asians Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> Uh, during this <laughs> during this segment, um, we'll probably change it up, but <laughs> this round, myself, Vinny, I will be giving a word or a phrase into which Joe will respond, yes, tap, that he likes it, or no, tap, that he does not like it. And, you know, we'll probably switch up themes. Uh, feel free to comment, like, or you know, subscribe, and give us a raving review of whether or not this is something you want us to keep doing moving forward. But just to kind of brighten things up before we move on to the rest of the show. Um, Joe, are you are you ready for a game of tap or no tap? It's born ready. Okay, here we go. So I'll give you the first phrase. Brisk iced tea. Tap or no tap? No tap. What? Oh, jeez. Boneless swings. Tap. Settlers of Catan. Tap. Monopoly deal. Tap. BTS. Do not tap at all. Like, do, don't even touch that. Okay, uh, Big Bang. Tap. And sorry, mind you folks, this is lightning round. There's no comments here. Okay. Unlimited meat at Korean barbecue. Tap, 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 tap. Okay, how about uh, a nice 
cold glass of Heineken on ice. Like, literally ice cubes are inside the glass. No tap. What? Okay. What? Uh, okay, Sandra Bullock in the movie The Blind Side. Tap. <laughs> Sandra Bullock in Miss Congeniality. Tap. Oh, great. Great. Switch it. Okay. Uh, I'll hold, withhold comments for later. <laughs> Setting screens in a pickup game. Tap. Basketball. Yes, tap. Oh, okay. And then uh, last one, uh, Doris Burke. <laughs> tap. Oh, good. Dude, she's great. Great commentary. Great answer, Joe. Thank you, everyone. That's, that's the completed uh, this segment, Tap or No Tap. Um, if you disagree with Joe, please, again, comment on uh, the post around this podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah, Joe, was, I think we should. That's fine. <laughs> That was great. I had a great time. I'm surprised that you... Let me think. Which yep. one was definitely a new, new uh, tab? We can just do one, brisk, one comment. Brisk IT? Brisk IT? Yeah, Brisk or, IT. Or wait, no. Let's talk about Heineken with ice. Like, what the hell? I've never even heard oh, of that's that. A, um, I'm glad you asked, dude. Well, uh, and maybe this is just maybe like a very like Viet thing to do. But like having any beer, it's usually like a light beer anyway. Um, you always kind of have it with like ice. Like you don't just drink it from the bottle you could but like more often than not every like asian vietnamese party or wedding event everybody's always has like a glass of like crushed ice and they have they drink beer on top of it you might argue that it waters it down but it's not like you're drinking the highest quality craft <laughs> beer anyway i enjoy it that way and speaking really? on my birthday dude when i had when i my dad we did you know we do byo back home so we brought like a six pack of heineken we asked the, the waiter to like bring us like just like glasses of ice and dude it just tastes it just tastes so much better i don't think it's a controversial thing at all i'm gonna like you know what so you know me but my like my life motto is don't knock until you try it so you know what i'm i'm gonna the next time i have heineken sitting around i'm gonna try it i'm gonna try it or any or any light beer you know it could, it could be like you know any of the japanese ones um what's like sapporo uh what's it what's another good brand it's like tiger that's thai right thailand i don't know any of the asian beers like like like, or whatever yeah sing tao something on the lighter side you can have you can even try both light man it doesn't matter or like to do it with a bartender see if they look at you funny that'd be a that'd be a good way to try Ooh, my brother's girlfriend is a bartender and next time i go to her bar i'll be like hey heineken over ice (laughs) let's see what she says (laughs) do it it. (laughs) oh man Um, but yeah, I mean, let, let's hop into, I guess, what we're going to be talking about on the show today. Um, a few different things we have in mind. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed hearing about what we've been going on in our life uh, so far in this past month. But, you know, a lot of things are moving, happening in the media sphere, in the movie world in particular. Um, and we'll probably go into a little bit of some Asian news, a little bit more about the NBA. And um, yeah, I think that's probably going to be the majority of the show today. Um, but Joe, you want to kind of just kick it off with, with one of our, our first probably top of mind yeah so this movie is not going to be super relevant to generally what we talk about in terms of movies on this pod but i just want to give a quick shout out to 1917 uh, i watched that with my friends um unbelievably good movie like unbelievably good like uh i know there was like a lot of like i don't know if, if i mean if any of you listeners um uh, follow up on like movie news at all but this one won like a ton of accolades just for it's like the film work that they did um and, like, I think the, the term's, like, continuous shot, something like that. But, um, yeah, like, a vast majority of the scenes were filmed, like, in one single continuous shot. And so just the way that it's filmed, it makes you feel like you're part of it. It makes you feel like you're – so there's these two guys who, like, start off this journey together to, uh, like, alert uh, – it's so, so it's set in World War One, and then 
Um, there's a soldier who's informed that his brother, who's a lieutenant in another unit, is about to walk into a trap. Um, and like the only way they get the message there is if him and his buddy can relay that message there across enemy territory um, and deliver that message in person with like a letter from the general. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so like the, I'm not going to give away too much from this point on, but like it starts off with these two guys. And when they're doing this like single continuous take or shot, it makes you feel like you're a third person in their little crew. Like it legitimately makes it like feel like you're, you're there. And it's just, I mean, I feel like there's been like a lot of movies or TV shows that have used that, but I feel like this is the first time where I've actually noticed it or been mm-hmm. conscious of it and then been mm-hmm. like deeply impressed. And then I think from that point on, it just like enhances the movie experience about the intensity of the scenes, um, the situations that these guys go through. And like, there's this one moment where they're like, this guy's trying to push a truck with like 20 other guys and my hands and legs physically tensed in my chair because I wanted so bad for them to push that truck that I felt like I was there trying to push that truck with them. Like, like my arms and hands were like, they were tensed like against the floor. I was like, straight. It was crazy. Such a good movie. If you haven't seen it, I'd recommend it. It's nominated for like a billion awards. Um, I know that doesn't mean much to people because it didn't really mean much to me, but it's an amazing movie. Thank you. Yeah, that's that. Thanks for the quick recap. For me, like, um, I've heard about it. I haven't got a chance to see it. I wanted to go do it in movie theaters. I don't think it's even still out. It may be just with like the uh, kind of award season coming around. Um, but yeah, the, the the what you're describing there with that like that long take, pretty much, it's a super cool effect. I, I, that was probably one of the biggest things I wanted to go see it. One of the reasons why, just to kind of get in there. It could be like digitally done or, or whatever, but I'm sure the cinematography is insane. It's incredible. Describing. Yeah, I mean, and also uh, I know who else is in that. It's like he, I think he was only, I heard oh, he was only in it for like 10 seconds. Was it Benedict Cumberbatch? The a guy I was going to bring up was, um, he actually plays the hot priest in Fleabag. Oh. Andrew Scott, also Mori, Moriarty um, from yeah. the series Sherlock, mm-hmm. or Sherlock Holmes anyway. I heard he's in it for like a couple seconds, but like, you know, even that little bit of acting that he does was like super just like powerful. Like yeah. he plays like one of the generals ends up giving like the, the command or like he's just passing the message along. And anyway, like movie looks good, man. Yeah. So maybe we'll see what it comes to Oscar season. If it wins any big awards, it did win best picture, I believe for what drama uh, for the golden globes. Something like that. It's yeah. Just super fucking good. I can't speak highly of it enough. I'm, a, I'm into war films too. So maybe I'll come check it out. Yeah. It's emotional. It's like a British saving mm-hmm. private Ryan. Yeah, man. Speaking of other really great movies, though, uh, how about our film, or probably one of the best films of the year, uh, twenty nineteen or twenty twenty, otherwise, *Parasite* by Bong Joon Ho. Yeah, there we go. Um, I like googled the list of accolades, and like, I don't know if you guys could hear. I'm gonna I'm gonna lift my mouse up to like the uh, the microphone, but like I'm gonna start scrolling down. And um, mm-hmm. I'm just, I started, I'm still scrolling as fast as possible. And there it is. Yeah, I just scrolled for like a legitimate 10 seconds, like not like 10 seconds, I don't know, but a long fucking time for all the awards has been nominated for and has actually won already. It's like an unbelievable amount of awards. Yeah, I'm not even surprised, man. I, I guess I, I haven't, I'm just trying to keep, um, keep up with 
like how did it do in the Golden Globes or like now like there are all these other running shows too but it's cool to actually see it get this amount of buzz even from like on the, the kind of everyday level of like people talking about in the office for a foreign film let alone just like one that is uh really just I, I wouldn't have maybe guessed they would have been this massively popular it seems like more of like an art house thing but this is like mainstream you know yeah um and I think you know I think when I forget which award it was that that they already won um, were you saying Golden Globes? That he, yeah, I think yeah. we're talking about Golden Globes and like then, one best foreign film. Yeah, yeah, and then like when Pong Joon-ho goes up to like take the award, I, I didn't personally watch it, but I saw one of like the uh, uh, quotes that came out of it where he was talking about the fact that like if you give movies with sub, like foreign films a chance, there's a lot of hidden gems out there, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think he wasn't just talking in reference to his own movie, but just an entire world's worth of movies. I mean, I know... Back in the City day, of God. yep, exactly. I was gonna say that Vinny turned me on to City of God back when we were in middle school, and um, yeah, like I probably wasn't the right age to watch it because I didn't know what was going on. But it's this mm-hmm. movie set in Brazil, um, where it's like these kids living in the favelas out there, and like they become gangsters, and like it's this whole movie, and it, it's an incredible movie, and like you're just watching it; it's all in Portuguese, and like you and I, Vinny, we still like enjoyed that movie as children you know mm-hmm. um and i think he was saying that if you get over the fact that like these like tiny little subtitles are getting in your way quote unquote like don't let that don't let that be an impediment to you know getting yourself in front of a good film and i think um yeah i think that's very poignant fact and i think it's really important to understand yeah i i, I get behind that whole thing too i think i almost am in a little bubble because i think i've never thought twice about watching a movie because it it had subtitles or that wasn't really a deterrent for me uh heck half the time i'll probably put on captions just for like movies that where they are speaking yeah. English because <laughs> i can't like hear them it's not like i don't understand them but I, I think we do acknowledge the fact that there are people that maybe just wouldn't wouldn't go for it or weren't trying this maybe more than a bigger number than we think but still again that that didn't really seem to kind of be a, a way to kind of um slow down parasite's own success and it, the shame of it really is is that i think maybe would i think bung general made a comment about the oscars that you know it really isn't representative of like mm-hmm. a world of view of movies right it's like very local i think his way of kind of saying it um because mostly english-speaking films are ones that get recognized yeah certain categories or subcategories but measured in its own right i mean i did it get nominated actually for just like best film or did it still kind of get relegated to like international only it makes me wonder because i think even looking beyond that, like some of the actors in the film itself put on some really incredible performances. So let alone, you know, whether or not they're just great, it, they should be considered for those rewards too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I think it's a real shame to see that they're getting snubbed considering how great this movie really is. Um, heck, I mean, I, it's been a couple, like, for me, a couple of months maybe now since I've seen it. Uh, I don't know if you want to just kind of get into the movie itself or... Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, it was funny. I was thing. just talking about this movie uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, with a friend of mine and uh, like she had mentioned that uh, she didn't have anyone else to talk this, about this movie about you know and I was like oh hell yeah I'm always down to talk about Parasite I love this movie and so mm-hmm. it's uh, it's actually pretty fresh in my head right now but um, yeah I mean what do you uh, you can start well, off well I don't know I, well, I, I think I, I kind of struggle with how we kind of talk about movies in general without giving away too much of the plot mm-hmm. I don't know maybe we can just say that it's it really is an amazing film I think it's deserved worthy of like all the praise that's been thrown its way uh i really i really enjoyed the performance of the main actor i, I kind of forget his name right now like the, he's been in a bunch of other uh bung films 
prior to this, uh, like the host. Um, I'm sure he, I, I don't know, I think he was also in, in Snowpiercer as well, uh, which they're going out and making an HBO series mm-hmm. from. Um, but the movie, is, it's just a mix of like kind of being really, really funny and then like uncomfortable, like really uncomfortable, like almost like a flip of the switch. Yeah. And not quite like a horror film, but just like really kind of um, <laughs> spine tingling moments, I guess. Yeah. Following in the, the movie's like conclusion. So it kind of just mixes with your emotions. I think that's just like a fun ride. I kind of just have like a roller coaster, I think. Yeah. Of a movie. And then general. it also like, I mean, I think one of the things that a common theme throughout the vast majority of his like work is like societal commentary and social commentary um mm-hmm. just talking about like uh general wealth disparity um difficulty between moving between classes um in terms of like whether you're lower class upper class middle class like just trying to move between those and like the difficulties that uh, i think he's specifically like pegging like the korean culture um and like painting that picture there but i think it's something that i don't I mean generally people can relate to here in the states um maybe a little bit less i think like while there is giant wealth and income disparities within the united states i think it might be more pronounced in korean cultures um and so it's just very interesting and like it's a very well thought out and well created like picture um just like if you were to take the movie at face value you would enjoy it but then if you were also to examine it um looking uh, like underneath it all like beneath the picture and like trying to understand the meaning behind it i think you'll also come away feeling as if you had actually gained something from this movie and i think that's what makes what puts this beyond the category of just a really good movie right yeah, entertaining in its own right but like if you really want to get into the, like the commentary piece of it mm-hmm. really think deeply about it it truly is like a masterpiece yep i think this will probably stand on its own for a very long time I'm, I I really want to go back and see it for a second time. I might wait for it to kind of get maybe on demand. I think it's already out on demand. Um, but any other way I can watch it, dude, I definitely want to catch they, it. They uh, re-released it in black and white recently, I've heard. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, like, apparently, like, maybe that might change the movie-going experience. Who knows? I don't know. Um, yeah. But, you know, what's interesting is that my parents, like, they're homebodies. Like, they don't, they don't go out to eat dinner and stuff. They don't do anything. They, like, they just stay at home. But even mm-hmm. they went out to go watch it in theaters. And I was like, dang, yo, my parents like left the what house. They, what do they think? Uh, what you know, think? I actually feel really bad because I haven't followed up with them about it. <laughs> All right, man. I'm curious to see if it's like a different point of view for me from like a, like a generational standpoint. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a good point. You know what? Next, but also, even yeah. them being Korean, like, I mean, they, yeah. I'll go ask yeah, them was... and we'll talk about it next episode of the pod. Yeah, cool. All right. Stay with good, us. Man. <laughs> Please please stay with us ah, God. yeah i know right you guys probably thought this is the end of the podcast no i'm just kidding it's not but yeah um parasite great movie heck yeah yeah go watch it go see it if you haven't already or watch it again oh yeah please but uh i mean besides parasite i mean i was thinking you know in terms of like captions you know, captions remind me a lot of anime. And yes. uh, this is going to be a very brief... This might be a very brief, like, little hot take of mine, but it's not even a hot take. This is, like, a pretty lukewarm take. But, like, people who watch dubbed anime are, like, fucking losers. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to put that out there, man. Like, don't watch the dubs, man. Unless, like, there's only a few animes that you're allowed to, like, watch dubbed. And that's, like, Dragon Ball Z, maybe, and, like, 
I don't know, maybe like Full Metal Alchemist. But like everything else, like you better be watching that shit subbed. And don't say it's like, oh, I hate captions. Fuck you. Use the captions. Watch it subbed. Anyways, that's it for me uh, on anime. Dude, that's fl- that's flaming though. I, I feel like it, I, I wouldn't even say it's like it's necessarily controversial, but it's interesting to me to see like the people that would still be interested in watching anime would still be opposed to doing just that. Um, I don't know. I guess I, I'd be happy that anyone else is just enjoying like this cultural phenomenon or like this is different. You know, it's not from. I mean, it's definitely not from here. <laughs> I, I guess, like in a, in a sense, the only other acceptable one would be like, if you do you even consider like the last Air, like Avatar, oh, no, the last Airbender like, as an anime. All right, so I don't count Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, what, what, I, don't I don't know what count fits. Pokemon. I don't yeah, count that. Right? Like stuff that was on Cartoon Network, I don't count. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So there's like a like a line. Yeah. Um, but like, that's sort of like what counts, right? Like, cause there's value. There's like, I don't know. There's, there's like, there's value to like like hearing it in Japanese, and it's kind of fun, you know. Well, there definitely is like an anime speak and i'm probably gonna do like a terrible job of describing this but like just they like go so thoroughly into their thoughts like yeah. i can't believe <laughs> right he did this to me it's, it's I, I, I i'm doing a crappy job right now i can't i can't do a good explanation of what that is no you know, but like they just really say everything they do yeah and they describe why and they're all their motivations <laughs> right and like i don't know there's just stuff that doesn't translate well right, right. and so like if like if they were to say that like so when you're reading the subtitles Sometimes they'll just romanize what they're saying in Japanese. Like, say, like, you say you're watching, like, Naruto or something, right? It's, like, the one about ninjas. And they have, like, their, um, I'm just going to say it in English, like, their, like, little ninja techniques, right? And they'll just say, they'll, like, romanize it, you know? They'll say, that, they'll say like, like, Kage Bunshin no Jutsu, right? Which is, like, the shadow clone technique, right? But then, like, I feel like it's cooler to read it the way it was said in the anime mm-hmm. instead of, like, actually watching the character say, like, shadow clone technique go you know and like just feel like that's way lamer than hearing it in japanese mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. but that's just me that's just me no, i'm not saying i disagree with you man yeah. i'm on the same i'm the same boat. if i can find a version that has it that way yes but sometimes i feel like you're so uh painted by like your first experience so like you might think hearing it like like for me like dragon ball z like i i know what goku's voice sounds like in the dub <laughs> yeah. version uh-huh. to go backwards it's like oh that's weird you know yeah but, and you also tell you the the other way around is is definitely stranger for them. Yeah, but I'll fight people who say dub is better. <laughs> I will fight people. I just took a boxing class. I'm ready. <laughs> do it. Do yeah. it. Um, but yeah, I mean, beyond that, I mean, I, I don't know if you want to go into it too much, but Vinny, are you 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 familiar with subtle Asian traits on Facebook? Mm, I, I you know we talked about it pretty briefly, man. I I know it's like its own little page, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have you lead on this one because I think I don't think I'm too familiar. So, dude, you want to pull it up? So, Subtle Asian Traits, like, they, it's like a secret Facebook group, right? Um, and it has 1.6 million members. Like, that's a lot of people. Uh, and, like, all it really is is, like, people just posting about, like, Asian stuff. Mm. Um and it's, it's like, like prime tap content yeah no seriously i think it's funny because a lot of the stuff in here is like some of it's serious some of it's not but like they'll do a lot of they'll like post a lot of videos and like the one that you had sent me um like uh, oh yeah like, about, like the that. way asian guys dress <laughs> i love that video yeah, yeah. yeah and like you weren't the only friend to send that to me because mm-hmm. 
like according to those stereotypes like they have like so there's this girl and then she's like trying on different clothes and so she's like korean guys you know and it's some dude with and then she likes she's wearing like a black turtleneck with like a tan overcoat yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. it's like yeah so this is classic like korean guy look and then it's like a vietnamese guy and it's like this sherpa like denim jacket Jacket and then like a ball cap and a ball cap yeah and then like uh what was the other one chinese guys chinese wearing like supreme like wearing supreme yeah and like a crossbody bag yeah very very like streetwear look too and it was funny because like Vinny, you said that to me and another friend of mine said that to me and she was like why do you dress like vietnamese guys and i was like i don't know i just i guess i'm i guess i just relate more to vietnamese (laughs) guys the the funnier thing too was that like i think they she put like a little commentary on each thing too oh yeah and uh the vietnamese one was like like acts all cool but like secretly it's like a playboy or something (laughs) oh my god yeah i I immediately sent that to see like most my you know my five asian (laughs) (laughs) i sent it to my brother too and like he, he was like yeah 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 and um I, I also was like at, at first like shannon was like yeah you don't fit that that vietnamese description at all but i was like well i, I know a guy who does man so I, I sent it over to him no shade or anything like that at all mm-hmm. nothing but respect to my, my my the v-man out there but uh yeah no i, I thought it was really like really on point yeah part. but yeah i mean the rest of the group i mean it's got a lot of very similar things like that um people will just post random stories like they'll post like stories about their own dating lives um uh, like their own like dating success stories or whatnot and it's funny because i think the real value of the group is that it just shows how similar we are to each other um just across the board um, as asian people um and like i don't know like people will just talk about like how their parents are like unaccepting of like other cultures and like they don't want them to date other people like oh like don't you dare date like a white person or a black person or a hispanic person like our race only you know um i know you haven't had that struggle quite <laughs> the same way. yeah i know right but like for the rest of us who do have that struggle it like you read it and you're like oh wow that's really cool and like people will post like their own stories of like how they had to persevere through like their family really shitting on them or like essentially disowning them and how like you know how at the end of the day for them like you know love over everything and you're like oh and it's like these like really heartwarming and touching stories but then other times like they'll actually post like news stories they'll talk about like the coronavirus for example and like they'll post things like uh what the situation and the way they see it and like stuff like that and you get a lot of perspective and it's interesting because i feel like they're creeping into our airspace Vinny. that's what they're doing Hmm. so you think that if i went to that that group and i posted a bunch of photos of of uh Glenn and Maggie from The Walking Dead. Oh, I thought you were going to say you and your wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't put myself out there quite yet, Joe. It's too soon. But if I usually have this, uh, this fictional character, uh, that they would be like, oh, F this guy. I'm just kidding. No, dude, you'd get like 10,000 likes, a bunch of people tagging <laughs> their friends. It's it's wild. Like, um, And then they'll also post like really funny videos or like really cool videos of like stuff. Um, there's a lot of food-related ones here. There's a lot of like, yeah, it's, it's, and then there's like funny Chinese menus, you know, where it's like, like chicken that's rude and like turns out that they meant to, they just like a direct translation of jerk chicken or <laughs> something like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> and like, it's just funny stuff like that. So I just wanted to give a quick shout out about like subtle Asian traits. I know a lot of my friends, pretty much the only reason they use Facebook is sometimes to scroll through subtle Asian traits. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's like a really funny you, experience. What's up? Do you have Do you have it up, dude? We can just like talk through one of them. Yeah, I have it up right now. It's a good um, one. Let's just let's just break it down. So, let's see. Let's let's find a good one. Um, putting you on the spot. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to talk about that one just yet. <laughs> um, that one hits close to home. We're gonna talk about that one later. Okay. But uh, let's see. Dude, this page is like it's actually physically slowing down my computer. <laughs> uh, it's because my computer's trash, but also because this page is like outrageous. But um, they have one. Uh, I don't know. Let me find it. I want to find a good one. Like people made like okay. This is like struggling to load. I'm gonna put up my phone. Oh. It's, it's all good, man. That Wi-Fi extender is... It's dragging me down, honestly, I think. Come on. Hmm. Let's Let me see. just fill this airspace by talking about um, 5G coming soon. The future of the internet. Dude, so my phone says 5GE, but turns out AT&T is kind of fake. And so like, oh. I have AT&T, and like, they'll, they'll put onto your phone, it says 5GE. But turns out it's like no faster than Verizon's LTE, and it's just like them just saying five G, because <laughs> apparently five like G is actually not coming out for like it's only going to like twelve cities so far for AT and T something like that. I don't know. It's weird. Shout out to AT and T. Shout out to um, the lies. <laughs> but yeah, you know, Joe. Oh, here's while a funny you're working one. On that. Oh, you yeah, got okay. Good, you got one. I was so, quickly get ourselves out of that so there's one where it's like um it's this video it's like a tiktok so a lot of them are tiktok videos which is mm-hmm. really funny because tiktok is vine but vine died like four years ago mm-hmm. anyways i just find that pretty funny but like this one's like how normal people brush their teeth versus like how asian parents brush their teeth just like straight up vomiting you know like essentially while he's brushing his teeth because he's brushing his tongue right yeah and um oh i have a really funny story about that too <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know it's just like a funny video and like i learned how to brush my teeth from watching my parents brush their teeth and them telling me how to brush my teeth and like my parents my dad brushes his teeth like violently you know yeah, okay. like guys like <laughs> scrubbing away and so I don't, I don't know if i don't know if you relate to that but um Apparently, like tens of thousands of people do. So, okay. I know that yeah, I'm, well, I know that I'm not alone. I'm trying. I was trying to put a picture in my mind about how my dad brushes teeth. It's probably something like that. But <laughs> you might have. You might also have electric toothbrush now, dude. So it's not as it's not as intense. Yeah, I used. So I actually have. Uh, this is a total tangent, but I have a. I have my electric toothbrush, and then I have a regular toothbrush, and that's just only for my tongue. Hmm. Uh, do you brush your tongue? When you brush your yeah, teeth? Okay, for sure. Right. I feel like I, I usually have like a, just for my breath or something. Yeah. Like I, I'm not really fully clean until I brush my tongue. So did does your wife do that? Yeah. Did Has she always? Yeah. I, I don't think it's an exclusive to just being like an Asian well, thing. It's weird because like. Cause when they I, even have like those tongue like yeah. cleaners. So when I go too. to my unit, like a lot of these guys, like they don't brush their tongue. Because like I'll be brushing my teeth with them. Like, yeah, like a lot of these mm-hmm. army guys. But like a lot of them are just actually filthy people too. So it's like. Okay it's hard to gauge um but one of my buddies was like you know joe like i could tell you uh 
you've probably got like no gag reflex and i was like what (laughs) he was like yeah dude like you brush your tongue like really far up your tongue and you don't like puke you know and so i was like thinking like man joe's probably got like a pretty pretty good like well-controlled gag reflex (laughs) (laughs) you know conversations that i never thought i would have but um yeah, I mean, I've never, I <laughs> can't say I've tested it out, don't think I've planned to, but you know, um, the more you know, <laughs> the more you know. That's right, that's right. <laughs> oh, this segment brought to you by Panasonic uh, and their electric toothbrushes. <laughs> Just kidding, but um. Please sponsor the pod. Yeah. Yeah, so, um. Uh, it's all Asian traits. All right, man. Yeah. That was a good. That was a good segment. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get into it. I'll I'll check out the page and see if they'll let me in. I don't know what uh, what what I need to answer to or to qualify, but I hope I can get I hope I can get in. Um, oh my god. So hey, you know I know our podcast feels like a whole segment of Asian news, but we have a whole segment dedicated towards just that too. Yeah. So within the Asian news podcast, we have. Uh, this little segment brought to you by um, nobody yet, but <laughs> soon. Yeah, if you know of anyone that wants to pay us, uh, just let us know. Please. Hey, any of you can pay us, and we'll just say sponsored by like Ben Song. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which means we need to get a Patreon, and then we'll start like writing out, saying out loud all of our subscribers' names. That's, yeah. that's what the real podcasts do. And then I'll send nudes, like whatever it takes. You know. I'm just kidding. I'm he's, a, he's referring to uh, that sweet, sweet Cha Jungmyeon. Yes. Everybody. Pictures of uh, noodles. <laughs> I watched the. There's a. Um, this is this is actually totally off topic, but I was watching this YouTube channel. I think her name. How do you pronounce it? Like Mung. It's like M A A N G. Like Mung Mung Chi or something like that. Um, but she's like this Korean mom looking lady. I don't you know if she's a mom. I could be stereotyping her because of her age, but she like just does like a little food channel, um, and she just shows how you cook like really popular korean dishes but the one that she did recently actually was for parasite when they make that like what oh, was that called dude no. that dish that has like the steak in it mm-hmm. it's almost like kind of like looks like the same kind of bean paste or like jajangmyeon like like sauce and mm-hmm. the noodles with ramen noodles instead oh, it's dying i don't know why i don't know the name of it but it reminded me of that for some reason why i don't know <laughs> i have no idea why i even brought this up i completely <laughs> forgot uh, noodles? But, uh, yes. Oh, yeah, nudes. Yeah, I was saying nudes, okay. yeah. Okay, good. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I, more, I was, like, uh, concerned at which, uh, where this was going. And then, no, it wasn't going anywhere yeah. weird, man. Just this great, great YouTube channel shows you how to make, like, particular dishes. I'm probably going to buy her cookbook, you know? Damn. For sure. Okay. Yeah. She goes to the, the, the kind of level of detail where, like, she'll, like, try to educate anybody. Like, she took a group of, like, YouTube followers that wanted to, like, see what the ingredients were in the Korean superstore, like, supermarket. So, she's like... Literally, hey, instead of just saying, go buy this, like, bean paste, like, here's what it is, and these are the brands that I like, because mm. they're all in Korean, so you're not going to know what yeah. you're getting. Yeah, it's struggling, it's tough. Like, this is the brand of fish sauce that I like, this is the brand of, like, soy sauce, all that stuff. Really cool. Um, Kikkoman, low sodium, baby. Green label. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's tasty, dude. Soy sauce has many applications. It's not one for all. There's not one size fits all. Okay, back to the Asian news segment. Studio Ghibli. They're coming to Netflix, man, which I'm really excited about because there's some movies I actually even haven't even seen yet. Like, I haven't seen Howl's Moving Castle. Is that? It's usually. Um, 
kind of remind myself a little bit of uh, some of the classics, My Neighbor Totoro, mm -hmm. I think Kiki's Delivery Service, um, amongst many others, of course. My favorite still Spirited Away. That one just like blew my mind as a child, right? Like for the first movie where I was just completely just like, whoa, like this is movie magic, you know? Mm -hmm. um, anyway, that, that's, I, that, I don't know about you, man. What was your favorite Studio Ghibli? I mean, so, Spirited Away is up there. Miyazaki. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, I never, I didn't know. I mean, the Ghibli or Ghibli? Am I saying that right? I have no clue. Um, you're more educated on this stuff than I. Am. I didn't even like when you said Howl's Moving Castle. Like, I, I mean, I didn't even know that was related to Studio Ghibli or whatever. But you know, I'm pretty sure that I, I would qualify for Soul Asian traits now. now that yeah. I oh yeah. That. Absolutely. I mean, your I last definitely get it. Your last name is bleep. <laughs> That's good, but um. But like, yeah, I mean, How's Moving Castle, that was probably the first, I mean, I don't know if that, if it's relevant, but I watched that like way long ago when I was really young. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd probably say that's up there for me as well. Dude, you know, the, there's one that reminded me of that's so like, it was supremely violent, but uh, Princess Mononoke. Yeah, mm, that one. I haven't seen that. Yeah, really wild. Um, I don't, I think that was one that I probably just rewatched because I don't, I just don't remember too much of it. Um, but yeah. Okay, cool, man. That's just great news. Um, following up with our next segment, uh, Aquafina, who she's been all over the news, man, yeah. blowing up. Uh, her new like Comedy Central show came out, Nora from Queens. I have yet to check it out. It's been on my watch list. I, it's on Comedy Central though. Got be getting a lot of uh, buzz. I know Bowen Yang, um, one of the first like East Asian kind of like actors on that show for Saturday Night Live. He's starring in it as well, as well as uh, the guy from. We talked about this before on our last podcast, but B.D. Wong, the guy that used to do all those CSI-like shows, mm -hmm. I, I'm mixing them all up. It could be Law & Order. I don't know the difference. Yeah, he plays the dad. So, uh, yeah, that's something I wanted to check out. And also, dude, big shout-out to her for winning Best Actress at the Golden Globes for her movie, uh, The Farewell by Lulu Wong. Yeah, that's... That's a huge man, freaking huge. She had really like her. her uh, do you watch her her acceptance speech? Did you see that? I did not. Did you? Oh man, you get a chance to check it out. It was just really like she, you know, her, knowing her background. Um, she just gave a shout out to her mom who passed away. Mm. But just to mention that you know she she knows that she's looking after um, from up top and everything. And uh, it was just yeah, it was nice to kind of see her kind of be more well. I mean, normally she, I think she's super animated, but mm -hmm. like similar to her performance, even in the farewell, it's kind of this restrained, really kind of, I don't know. I was really happy for her, man. It mm -hmm. didn't really matter what she said, said in the acceptance speech, but still really, really proud. And it's a really big moment for, for us, you know, as far as talking about the Asian community. I can't really, I don't, I don't know how many people, maybe outside of, um, what's her name now? She's in, uh, Sandra Oh, anyway, mm -hmm. getting a lot of recognition over the past couple of years. See, hopefully this is a good trend moving forward. We're not looking at a couple of exceptions for sure. Yes, sir. But on the, on the flip side of that, you know, if you kind of throw any kind of shade anyways, I like she, while she won the Best Actress for uh, the Golden Globes, I don't think they got any nomination whatsoever for The Farewell, you know, or even for uh, her performance in it either for the Oscars. So, like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. So, bigger snub, Aquafina or Bradley Beal? <laughs> I'm gonna go with Aquafina. Mm, there we go. Um, Bradley Beal. Yeah, tap or yeah, no tap. Aquafina over Bradley Beal. <laughs> Bradley Beal. No, that's a huge snub too for a guy that's like averaging more than 27 points. Like I feel like that's like never happened. I can't be that Devin Booker too. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess people would just be like, oh, well, the team doesn't win. I don't know how often. It just seems like it's random. But the farewell is a winning team. 
Farewell was a winning team. You're right. That's a fact. Big True. snub. That's why Aquafina is a bigger snub than Bradley Beal. Yeah. Hey, do you want to take away the one of the most important <laughs> pieces of Asian news, Joe, is around uh, our travel card. Yeah. So I mean, if if you uh, among our listening fan base uh, are Asian and you go out to eat with other Asian people, and you all pull out your credit cards to pay, guess what everyone's paying with? The same fucking card. What's the card, Vinny? Well, credit card roulette will get really confusing, but yes, the Chase Sapphire Reserve. Yeah, and I always feel bad for, like, the waitress when they come back, or, like, the waiter, and, like, they're, like, Andrew Kim, uh, Daniel Choi, uh, <laughs> you know, like, Joe Cho, or, like, whatever, right? And they're, like, try... <laughs> yeah, Anyways, they're, like, reading out these super generic names <laughs> that, like, anyone could have, um... <laughs> But yeah, like they're like looking at you at the table and they're like, who the fuck's which one? You know, but um, because mm-hmm. all a bunch of Asian dudes with the exact same Chase Sapphire Reserve. Anyways, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if, you know, I know a lot of my friends are already aware, but they've raised their annual fee $100 from the 450 it's been to 550 Um, And like to kind of offset that, they've added like $60 DoorDash credits. And then I think it splits up over every six months so it's like 30 and 30 or is it yes 30 30 right. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then um so like that i mean if you use doordash it helps out i think it automatically applies if you just use your credit card using the doordash app and then like 10 times point on lifts and it also gets you like a 10 percent discount too something like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then it looks like uh yeah lift scooters is a 15 percent discount but yeah i mean like i don't know uh this extra hundred dollars thing it's like making me question i mean like the one thing that they really so like i don't think i'm gonna leave the card i was thinking about it for a little while because the travel reward system is the best one out of all the cards because mm-hmm. other cards like like say like the capital one venture that requires you to actually apply points and then like translate their points to like airline miles or like translate mm-hmm. them and then so you have to like actually divvy it up yourself but if you're just using like the Chase Travel Reward Center, it's just like, it's a one-stop shop. It yeah. makes it a lot easier. So like, I don't know if the hundred dollars is gonna make me leave their card. Um, I don't think it will. You're right. It still has that three hundred dollar um, travel credit. Yeah. Which is what I'd always be like. Oh, four fifty. It's not even four fifty, guys. It's yeah. Really, only one hundred and fifty. And then if you then get like global TSA entry, or yeah. global entry, yeah. that's like what eighty bucks plus. <laughs> like it pays for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, this makes me harder to kind of throw that pitch out to anybody, uh, especially if it's now like a five fifty. Just sounds like it's that's a premium. I think it's up there with with other cards in its class. Um, but still a card that's great for at least restaurants and travel, yeah. you know, I'll still use it. So I am a little bit conflicted. You could downgrade to the preferred. I think it's like only what $99 yeah. annual fee, but you just kind of lose that kind of three times mm-hmm. uh, point bonus or multiplier. I think it's only two times for that one. Yeah. I would suggest if you don't have it, I would suggest looking it up yourself on like nerd wallet. They're pretty good about like comparing credit cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and like if you're waiting to get one, I would say, hold off until they start doing until like they bump their entry rewards again so i think right now like normally year round it sits at like fifty thousand points bonus don't ever do it because you're gonna lose points because at some point they're gonna bump the rewards again to like seventy thousand they'll never do the hundred thousand initial entry that they did because chase lost like 450 million dollars on that because <laughs> like they did it for the preferred and the reserve and like every asian in america is like i'm getting this card you know 
and then they lost like a boatload of money because points aren't real money. But yeah, um, that was it for uh, Chase Sapphire Reserve or Chase in general. This segment brought to you by uh, Chase. <laughs> Please sponsor the pod. Please sponsor the pod. And, and for you know non credit card related news, um, we have one of the up and coming you know eighty eight rising sponsored or whatever works for that studio. Rich Brian is going to be at Coachella. Um, which is huge, man. Like that, that guy, it's kind of like, for me, I only equate it's like Lil Dicky, I guess, kind of fame, where like you think they make make one, a couple songs, a couple singles, and they're not going to really amount to much. But dude, this guy is actually, he's, I like his music. It's great. He's from Indonesia. How old is he now? I don't know. At least above, he's of legal age now, above yeah. 18, <laughs> at least. Uh, still pretty young, but it's really cool to hear him that he's actually kind of getting that kind of exposure, a big stage, bigger audience at, at Coachella. Yeah, if you're not sure who he is, I think he was the either the intro or outro music for a few of our episodes. He at least one. for the Hong Kong episode. Yeah. I think we might have used him as an outro for one of our very first episodes yeah. as well. But that stick was his it's like kind of a first original signal. Yeah. With the like S, S as a dollar. Yeah, the S as a dollar sign. Yeah. And he's yeah. carrying like a fake gun, I think, something like that. Did he have a fake gun in that one? He had a fake gun. He, his name was even different back then. He like yeah, it was Rich Chiga. Yeah, yep, yeah. But he kind of realized that sense <laughs> Yeah, was kind of come out right with that name. It kind of shows his own growth. But did he say the he's also just a really one? funny guy? What's that? Uh, did he say the N word in the first one? Uh, in Dad's Dick, I think he does. Might he might have? Yeah. But I'm gonna chalk that up to like an ESL like definitely from a foreign country he said he learned how to speak english off of like music videos and movies yeah so i like don't blame him for that i'd say there's a layer of ignorance that's understandable <laughs> right mm-hmm. but he's changed a lot and now he's going to be at coachella so yeah i think he like produces his own beats too like he does all of it especially on his last album yeah um, or mixtape whatever the heck it is but congratulations to rich brian for that one uh other news in the movie sphere we got two big pieces of news um, my favorite actor, Stephen Yun, is uh, starring in this movie called Minari about a Korean immigrant family. That's all I can tell you about it, though. Uh, but it just debuted at, at um, Sundance. I think it's getting a lot of good good praise, good hype. And I think I'm just looking forward to the, maybe seeing a story that you know maybe we don't quite often see on the big screen. Um, hopefully this movie gets the same kind of buildup. Who knows? It could just be relegated to independent films. But nothing wrong with that, man. I think it's, it's coming out from A24, one of my my favorite playing production companies uh out there as of late so anyways i'm looking forward to checking that out when it gets released in the theaters um and then the second piece of movie news han's back from uh, kang yeah there we go baby yo uh vinny's hair idol yes yes <laughs> i looked up to that guy man he was uh, he's yeah, cool from his better luck tomorrow days and then when i like <laughs> We talked about Tokyo Drift before, so we don't have to revisit this, even though I'm happy to do it. He's the man, so I'm he's glad like, that he's going to be back in his movies with Justin Lin. Like, thing. you had, like, Bruce Lee, who is, like, an unattainable level of Asian cool, mm-hmm. and then you got Sung Kang, who's, like, seems like an attainable level of cool to where he's, like, kind of real, and you're like, yo, this is, like, the kind of guy you would want your older brother to be, you know, and that one day you could aspire to be. I was like, oh, man, this guy's... It's fucking cool. Like, yeah, there's no other way to say it. There's a guy that looks a lot like him. If you watch, there's like a, AB, a show on ABC that actually was um, adapted from a Korean TV series of the same name, The Good Doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 
pretty cool because I feel like I, I, don't, I don't even know the actor's name. I guess it's something I need to look up, but he kind of follows the same look, like Asian dude, long hair. Uh, he's also like he was like a formal police former police officer decided to go to med school and now he's like one of the residents there mm. along with like the main actors and stuff too but yeah that's a good show and representing some some really cool asian american actors too so hell yeah out. check it out but uh i guess you know into our favorite topic you want to move into that our expertise the thing we probably should just rebrand to entirely. Yeah. And throw away all the other stuff. To the uh, Two Asians Jeremy Lin podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The Tap, tap and Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I thought we were done. We we're never done. Yeah. No, this is a, just a quick little Jeremy Lin update. Um, I don't know if you guys have, uh, if you guys follow him on Instagram or not, but you totally should. Jaylin7. Um, but yeah, so like right now, he's like, he, posted yesterday um a little a, a, a post and then talking about how like the past year has been insane you know in that like he like wins a ring with the raptors then he goes to the chinese basketball association then the nba and china get into that huge feud which if you don't know about and you're a new listener i highly suggest going back to our emergency podcast uh where we say daryl morey did nothing wrong and he still did nothing wrong and we stand by that statement and we are we are seeing that the, you see this the salary cap, cap came out or something like that oh did it yeah 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 anyways he's, he did nothing wrong but he did affect the number Ooh, <laughs> wow wow anyways, that's crazy but i, I want to distract us from the conversation yeah, yeah but um yeah anyways so like uh his so like yeah jeremy lynn he's playing in the cba and then uh they were like in mid-season and then their season's been suspended indefinitely due to the outbreak of the coronavirus and so like um yeah in terms of like what jeremy's up to uh currently not much because the season's been suspended but you know i mean i think we did we briefly talk about this last pod about like his stats in the cba he was, he was doing all right he was doing pretty well yeah he's doing yeah. okay considering yeah he, he played in their all-star game and stuff like definitely one of their better players um but yeah actually yeah i was trying to look up on my side because i know he has a signature shoe i wasn't sure with which company um one of the I'm sure it's one of the Chinese brands. So let me just see if I can shoe deal. But um, yeah, beyond that too, he also got his uh, championship ring. From oh the yeah, Toronto Raptors uh, W way back in what June of last year. So congratulations on him. That ring is humongous. It is. It's like obnoxiously big. But hey, um, props to uh, props to him for you know getting that ring. And becoming an NBA champion, I'll, like that's always gonna make me happy. NBA champion Jeremy Lin wearing his X Step brand shoes. Oh yeah, that's what it is. But dude, totally another side tangent. Um, but like, did you know like Jostens makes ch- the NBA championship ranks? I don't even know what that is. Jo- feel... Jostens makes like your car. Like they do everything. Like they have a monopoly on rings. So they do, like, your college class rings. Like, my college class ring is also, like, do you think it's weird for me to own a college class ring? No, dude, so many people have that. Right? I think it's a very normal thing. I forget who it was, but someone gave me shit about that recently. Anyways, uh, whoever you are, you're a loser. Buy yourself a class ring. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, like, Jostens did buy high school class rings. Like, I didn't buy one from high school because that's kind of, like, pretentious. But, like, they, they like, uh, yeah, my they do high school college like everything 
And they do the NBA rings. I'm like, yo, who else is in the ring business? This is a monopoly. Anyways. Actually, it looks, they, I mean, they, they all have a similar look to them. I'm not surprised that you say that, but actually, did he post, did he make a post or was this a story? Jeremy went, oh, oh my gosh, dude, look at this thing. Yeah, oh my God, dude, it's like the size of his hand. Holy crap. But anyways, dude, Jostens does all like the professional championship rings. It's crazy. I'm like, yo, these guys are doing really well for themselves. Anyways, that's uh, that was the whole tangent that I went on. But Jeremy got his ring. Dang. Congrats, congrats Jalen. Congrats. Also, uh, the next piece of news. Um, our favorite Washington Wizard, not named Bradley Beal, Rui Hachimura. Um, he just got, well, I don't know how recent it was, but he was out for, of injury for a while. Um, unfortunately, when I went to go see the Sixers play the Wizards, I couldn't see him in action because of this, but it was a really brutal injury that he returned from, man. I think it happened in practice. Like Some guy hit him directly in the crotch, resulting in testicular torsion. Yeah, so it's like highly likely because he had to get surgery that kept him out for like weeks, maybe a month. Uh. Yeah. yeah, so brutal, absolutely brutal. But oh god, like, yep, it it all but spelled his opportunity to become rookie of the year. Um, yeah, he was. Uh, I think we looked at his odds last time. It was like plus like five thousand or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was a long shot. It was a long shot. I don't know. I guess you could say the front runner. Um, I guess it would be John Morant. Oh yeah, for no. as far as minutes played, I don't know if his iron would be in consideration. No, not even. Once he finished out too strong. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's back from injury. I, I know this just that last, like, 30, 45 seconds right here just made every guy in the room just like, Ugh. but, yeah, brutal, brutal injury. Um, I hope he comes back strong, finishes out the rest of the year, and I hope, uh, I think Vinny, before we before we started recording, he was like, you know, maybe maybe NBA players should wear cups. Yeah, maybe I think that Rui. was also Rui's suggestion, too. He's like, everyone should wear cups, so that doesn't happen to me. That yeah. just sounds awful. But, like, have you worn a cup before, Vinny? When I did like flag football, yeah, dude, that was like the last time. Yeah, I used to wear it when I did taekwondo. I used to do it when I played football, like, and then guys would just walk around and cup check you. Um, but like, <laughs> wearing a cup, like, very uncomfortable, like super uncomfortable. Anyways, that's a uh, another tangent of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Watanabe of the Memphis Grizzlies who are in a playoff contention. I think they're in the eighth seed as we speak. Today. Uh, he played, I think, about a minute. So he's actually he's not he's not relegated or I don't know if it's a two-way or wherever the heck it is, but it sounds like he's still getting some playing time out there in, in Memphis. So keep grinding, Utah. You've been a long way since getting posterized and <laughs> back State, in your college yeah. days yeah, mm-hmm. at Penn State. Uh and non um, three of our th- favorite NBA player news, um, we have a big matchup tonight against Super Bowl, Super Bowl Saturday, but the NBA is still going on and thriving. I think we all know where this is heading, but before we talk about our um, that subject, anyway, uh, this, yeah, Sixers are playing the Celtics for the last time. Season series has already been clinched by Philadelphia, uh, but we'll see. I think Kemba Walker uh, is actually not playing as well. Uh, that should be a tough one for you guys. He's, he's out with some injury. And um, before, you know, a lot of news has been, you know, things have been changing so quickly within the NBA over the past month. But uh, Kemba finally beat uh, LeBron James and the Lakers for the first time in his career. Uh, so 
Yeah. You deserve some time off. <laughs> That's for sure. I mean, it's just been, like, frustrating because I feel like we've never been fully healthy playing. We, like, honestly, our whole team hasn't been healthy all at the same time since, like, the very beginning of the season. Um, like, we've had, like, Ennis Counter's been out. And, like, I know people are like, oh, who's Ennis Counter? Is he a big deal? He's a pretty big deal. Like, the guy's, like, a, like an, an incredible rebounder. The second best player to come out of Turkey since freaking uh, Quark Mods. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Are you going to forget about Hito Turkaloo? Currently playing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, also, also Thuck Verkan Cork Maz. Filthy just It sounds good just to hear his name come out of your mouth, man. He's great. I'm about to, I'm about to go violently brush my teeth out. Go violently brush your teeth and make sure you wash your tongue. <laughs> no gag reflex. What up? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm really sorry, people, that like I, I I keep talking about this stuff, but uh, yeah. Anyways, so I'm just gonna put it out there. Celtics gonna beat the Sixers. Uh, I'm, I'm calling it. You heard it here first, just like you heard Tom Brady staying in New England. Yeah, you know what, Joe? I don't know what the the betting lines are looking like or anything like that, but you know it's a home game for the Celtics, and I think the Sixers should uh, try to hold their cards close. You know, not show any more of the game plan. Um, who knows who's recording out there in Beantown. Mm. Mm. Uh, hey, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> um, let's skip this. I don't want to talk about JJ Redick, dude. Yeah. Forget about it. Uh, NBA All-Star selections have finally been put in place, including the Rising Stars uh, and all the NBA reserves. Um, we did briefly talk about Bradley Beal getting snubbed as well as Devin Booker, most likely, probably. There's a lot of just, like, paying your respects, you know, dude, in the selection, so I don't really get too upset. I mean, I definitely would have been off the wall if, if Ben Simmons didn't get in there, um, for sure. I think people are just hating on him for the wrong reasons. But happy to see that, like, get two Sixers on the squad between Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Your eyes are bulging. What happened? Stephon Gilmore of the New England Patriots just won the NFL Defensive Player of the Year award. Bang. Is that the same guy that got the interception? Um, like two years I mean, ago? many inter- No, that was Malcolm Butler. Oh, okay. Dude, Oops. Stephon Gilmore, NFL Defensive Player of the Year, baby. Bang. Anyway, sorry. Um, total tangent. But go on. NBA All-Stars. I got, I got nothing else to add, man. Just a uh, big... Big news for um, Jason Indiana, Tatum, of course. Jason Tatum got in there as well. Jalen Brown got snubbed. Kemba's also the starter, right? Yeah, Kemba's a starter, baby. Yeah, and Trey Young, he's been playing out of his mind. Um, all of this seems like a footnote, though. Uh, and Joe, I think I'll let you round it off. We wanted to kind of end the pod, just kind of honoring um, a, what really was probably the biggest piece of news to drop, which is last Sunday as of uh, Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna, as well as nine victims total, passing away in the helicopter crash in Calabasas, California. Um, so, you know, we would be remiss to not maybe make a mention or even talk about Kobe and I guess what he meant to our lives and what his passing meant to. Um, Joe, I guess I'll let you go ahead and, you know, tell everybody what, you, what you're thinking. Yeah, so, I mean... Uh... Yeah, I mean, we, we figured we would save this segment for the very end of the podcast, um, just because, I mean, it's been all over social media, and I feel like 
uh, maybe you as the listener have been beat over the head with it over a topic that maybe you don't care about at all. Um, and so like, if, if you want, like, feel free to hop off the pod at this time. Cause you know, I mean, we'll probably be talking about Kobe Bryant till the end of the podcast. Um, but just in terms of like what he meant to like Vinny and I, uh, I we, we thought there'd be value um, just about like our own personal views towards, you know, who he was as an individual, like a competitor and what he meant to us as just the, the random fan, the regular guy. Um, and so it was actually interesting because uh, I was driving home from church on Sunday when I got like a text from a group chat from a buddy announcing Kobe's death. And it was like a TMZ link. And it's weird because when it comes to like celebrity news, TMZ is pretty much always spot on. But when I was driving, I was like, I was really hoping that it was fake. I was sitting there, I was like, no, there's no way. There's no way that like Kobe Bryant, who's 41 years old, could be dead. And it's odd because, you know, I'm a lifelong Celtics fan. And, you know, being on this Celtics side of the Boston Lakers <clears throat> rivalry, the last, I mean, shoot, two decades, I mean, the, I mean, the early, uh, two, like 2000 to 2010 to like mid 2010s, that was, I mean, besides the one year that the Celtics won the series, the NBA title, that was a very one-sided-ish rivalry. I mean, the Lakers pretty much had our number outside of like the five years we had the big three of like Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Kevin Garnett. And so like, Kobe Bryant for me was always the person I hated the most, not because of any reason except for the fact that he was incredible, you know, and you wouldn't think that the person that you hate the most would end up being someone that you admire, perhaps even more than any of the players that I admired on the Celtics. Um, And like in 2008 and like the 2000, I think it was the 2009 finals when like Kobe Bryant was shooting terribly, the game plan was to let Kobe Bryant shoot. And then in like game seven of the finals, we like double team him outside the three point line and he makes a pass to Metal World P or to Ron Artest at the time. And then Ron Artest hits this game ceiling three pointer. It just broke my heart, you know? And, um, and I, I saw this tweet afterwards uh, that said, you know, as Celtics fans, we didn't think Kobe Bryant could break our hearts one more time. We were wrong. And, I mean, even saying that, I just got, like, chills up the back of my neck because I didn't think that I would actually love a player that I hated. Or I didn't think that a player that I hated so much and rooted so hard against would actually mean this much to me upon his passing. And I was texting with a friend back and forth about the whole situation because I was so confused about why I felt so strongly about this player that I hated. And I also mentioned that I had no idea that I'd feel this way. But I also realized that's because I'd never questioned if I'd have to. And I think that's a, you know, and like, I'm sure you've heard a lot of people giving life lessons as a result of the Kobe Bryant uh, death. And it's just interesting because I guess you don't question a lot of things. And like, I think that's just the nature of life is to not question the nature of death. Um, especially, you know, Vinny, you and I, we're like 27 now. And it seems so far away. Um, and it was just an interesting moment of perspective that like, I would have to confront this with someone that I admired so strongly. Um, and it, cause it was just over the holiday break. And I think I was talking about this with you on the last podcast where I've been watching a Kobe Bryant detail video 
how he was teaching, he was breaking down like a move he would do in the post. And I was talking to you about how I was copying that exact same move and I was trying it out in pickup games and how mm-hmm. like effective it was. Mm-hmm. And it's just so shocking for me to like recognize that someone that I had like hated as a player, but then come to emulate as me being like a regular pickup basketball player, a player that I booed, wish would lose and hated seeing succeed became my teacher, you know? And like, even beyond that, like I, guess i didn't know how much real estate that kobe bryant owned in my brain um and it's like every basketball fan hardcore casual you have that moment where you're like throwing laundry away into your bat into your bin and you're like kobe right it's <laughs> just like that dumb stuff and you're like damn this guy actually i've never met him before you know I've, i don't own his jersey i hate the lakers with a passion but i'm still copying this guy you know and um he just moved beyond the enemy for me. And I don't know when that flip switched or when that switch flipped. And like, it's just weird. And I think I was talking to a coworker of mine and he was, he's much older and he was talking about how for him, like him, the first big celebrity death that really struck him was Michael Jackson. Cause like he had grown up like, you know, like Michael Jackson, the Jackson five, and then becoming like the global pop icon that he was. And then him passing away, like, affected his generation or him pretty, pretty hard. And then I think for our generation, this is the first big one. This is the first person that was literally a part of our everyday lives, a part of every single basketball conversation we ever had. And suddenly, like, in the blink of an eye, he's gone. And um, just makes me appreciate, I guess, what we have more. Made me appreciate and think about, you know, who I have in my life and how lucky I am to have them. Um, and to appreciate the game of basketball because it's it's more than a game. Um, there's a lot of life lessons that you learn about adversity, about teamwork, about coming together as a group of individuals. Um, and I think honestly, in my, from my own personal opinion, like sports is a microcosm of life. Like every season is like a new opportunity to try to attain everything you want, and like that's where the hope comes from. And like in your day to day life, like you go through these same seasons where you're like, you know what, I want to accomplish this. And the same lessons that you can get from Kobe Bryant, the same lessons you can get from like, from who I admire, like Tom Brady, or like all these other, these other like icons. That's why it means so much to me is that because it relates to my life. It isn't my life, but I can use the lessons there and apply it. And so, I don't know. Um, I've, I, it's odd because I'm still kind of broken up about it. And it's just weird very weird that's all i got Vinny. what about you yeah I, I guess i was not like i think the reason why i really didn't want to even record the pod last week was that we originally wanted to do it on sunday and that's exactly when the news broke it, it really just kind of amazed me if that's the right word for it how much it struck me or how much it affected me even because not like i just don't think it didn't matter and, and even when you think about how it happened it's clearly so tragic i think that's what really kind of cut the deepest for me too because um i was just driving home back from dc and um for for me just being in the car not being in any place where like you can instantly just go on social media or go on twitter read everything you could about it all i had was just to hear that okay it happened and shannon's telling me and the first thing like reaction i have is just to yell like what like i'm not like screaming or anything i'm just like what 
Like you're kidding, you're joking. Um, I, I don't know how to put it into any better sense. Like it, Kobe always was prominent, like you said. Like he it, he always kind of operated some sort of real estate in my mind without me even realizing it. And it meant way more to me than I realized too. Like I can't think about basketball or just talk about the NBA without having to be like, like Kobe is basketball. Kobe was basketball. Mm-hmm. He's like for every, love him or hate him. I I don't I can't really say it any better than you did too, man. Just um, five championship rings, twenty years played in the league. It feels like he's been retired. Like it feels like he retired last year, but he he was done in like twenty sixteen, right? Mm-hmm. He, so it's been about four years since he's been out of the league. He's in the midst of kind of starting his next chapter in life, and really dying so so young at forty one. Um, I feel like I'm just like listing all facts, but like. In my mind, I can't really think of any other way to kind of describe the kind of entirety of his life, right? And I want to say that it means something to me to say that, like, you know, he's from close to where I was in my hometown. Like, I, I, I really always thought of Kobe as, like, like he, he's from Italy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he picked up his life. I never really thought about what his ties were to the city of Philadelphia, or maybe I didn't realize them until maybe I saw him celebrating amongst everyone else when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, right? Like, he was a diehard Eagles fan. Um so uh, I'm struggling to find the words to say of like, again, how it really felt because it just kind of stuck with me throughout the week. And it's something I was thinking about throughout work. And I think it also even affected like how I was working again, still amazing to me. Um, but for everything that he had accomplished and as polarizing as he was, especially when you talk about the entirety of his life and everything that's happened we, to, in 2003, I don't want to say, I was a kid, like I was a kid. I had no way to even like digest the news. Mm-hmm of the uh the sexual assault case but he was 24 years old coming off of like three championships none of this is a way to kind of excuse what happened but um how i don't know how often we kind of hear about our our, our stars i think i heard this on a couple other podcasts about like taking a, a player's life and we don't think about him the same way we would about like tracy mcgrady or like a vince carter we don't i don't think we know those guys as well as we know kobe because he's just been such a spotlight for mm-hmm. for for every for every good thing or every bad thing, I mean, for every time you mention someone's name, to have that kind of be thrown back in them, every like in their face constantly too, like every single thing they've done bad. And you think about how we kind of grow in our own lives. I, I'm going on and on, man. I'm really not sure what I'm trying to come across here and say, other than to say that he meant a lot um, to the way I kind of appreciate the game. I was in the midst of listening to like a basketball podcast and I just turned it off because I was like, this seems so silly, frivolous comparatively to the news that just happened too um the, you know shout out to the to, to everyone else um i mean shout out that's wildly inappropriate man but like <laughs> uh, I, I don't know much about his, his daughter gianna like but it's just you know it's just a shame really the whole thing is just a whole shame um i really wanted to see a we wanted to know what he was going to do with his life, what she was going to be able to do in his life, the work that he was kind of moving forward with the WNBA and beyond basketball. Um, yeah, shit, man. I don't know. It, it's crazy to think, but like the very first thing in my mind, kind of the example of what we were saying about Kobe, why he's always there is like Saturday, I'm watching the Sixers play the Lakers and LeBron just passed Kobe yeah. in the third all-time scoring list. And I'm like, that's what I was thinking about. I was like, wow, that's crazy. And then the very next day to be hearing that news, I'm like, what? that can't be, that can't be real, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's crazy because 
I mean, yeah, I think he is basketball. And there is no conversation. There is no discussion. I don't... There's, like... I, I, I was listening to another podcast where, like, someone mentioned that Kobe had bridged the gap between Michael Jordan and LeBron James. And I, I thought that was a terrible way to put it. Um, they're like, oh, th- no, he wasn't a bridge between Michael Jordan and LeBron James. He was Michael Jordan after Michael Jordan. And he yeah. was LeBron before LeBron. Like, they used that generation of players. He like, was, yes. You know, he was the player, individual, so. consummate, undisputed star of the league. And, like, and that's why, like, you talk about these eras, you know, and you, like, if you say Michael Jordan's the greatest to ever play, right, then he is in every single basketball conversation. But, like, Kobe's a top five player to ever play this game. And, like, there's no question about it. And it's just an unbelievable misfortune like i don't even want to like i'm sorry that i don't have anything to say about the other eight people but the reason we're talking about kobe is because he's the one who affected our lives you know and so like um yeah it's it's just uh, it's like it's insane i yeah i like there's there's times like this where i'm just completely at a loss for what else to say or how else to explain why I feel this way. And I think you look at the tributes done by other NBA players, by every, pretty much every sport in the world, every major sports league team, they all had some weird connection to Kobe Bryant. Every player, like you see soccer players doing tributes to Kobe Bryant, like, um, and you just realize this guy was not, he's not just a basketball player. He's a global, international, worldwide phenomenon. Like, if there are no aliens out in the rest of the universe, right, this guy was one of the most famous people in the entire universe. Mm-hmm. Like, shit, I mean, people probably know, if you, people would know Kobe better than they knew, like, Julius Caesar, <laughs> you know? Like, it's just, or any historical figure. It's just, this guy, larger than life, unbelievable. But yeah, and that's why I wanted to do this segment at the end of the pod, because now I'm kind of sad. Vinny's looking really sad at me, <laughs> and like, it's just a really, it's a heartbreaking moment. Um, yeah, and we probably wouldn't have been able to do like the whole first part of the podcast had we done this at the beginning. And so that's why. I, I, yeah. I, the only way I can say it is like I, anything else we talk about. I'm like, well, why is this Matt? You know, like. Not like the, it makes you question everything else, man, but it's hard to talk about anything else. Nothing really follows it. So. Right. And this is totally random, but like, um, it's funny because there was like a friend of mine who was like asking me like why I don't get stressed out at work that much. And like when like things get really like tense or there's like a lot of like deliverables due at a certain time. And I just see people like losing their minds and like stressing out over this stuff. And like, I would always, I would always used to say like, at the end of the day, no matter what happens here, everyone goes home to their families or back home. Like no one's like, no one died, right? Like, I I work in IT, right? Like, oh no, a server crashes. There's a hot like a severity one incident. What does like? Yeah, sure, it's a big deal, but no one died. And like I would always say that, you know. And that's why I don't get stressed about work because it's it's not life or death. And then. 
like it and it's just interesting because like that i think that same perspective applies to like this situation you know where it's like a lot of these things don't matter in the light of someone dying in the light of nine people dying um and especially with like someone who had such cultural significance to us where like yeah a lot of these other topics that we talk about like like Kemba beating LeBron James like it doesn't really matter that much in the grand scheme of things mm-hmm. but uh, or whether or not the Celtics beat the Sixers tonight which they probably will but um it's <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah yeah I, I think everything gains a different perspective when you put it that way but it's also a really depressing way to live so I mean <laughs> I don't suggest talking about Kobe every day <laughs> in like a depressing manner no, I. It's definitely an opportunity. I think from this point forward, too, for us to just really kind of celebrate. And, yeah. Um, and, and I think taking a step back and hold, or regardless of what it feels like to kind of take any life lessons from it, it really is just. I, it made me think about it so much. Just like let the people know that you, that you care about. Let them know. You know, this is it. You can't. We're twenty seven, but anything can happen. Yeah. Um. Nothing's promised. Oh yeah. So absolutely. Um. Yeah. So I mean, it's a bit of a bit of a sad, sad way to end the podcast. But you know, I mean, it's been a sad week, and I, I think there's no. I'm not going to say sorry for that. Um, and I think maybe a lot of you, like me and Vinny, are we're actually like you know pretty hurt by this too. And so um, appreciate you guys sticking it out with us, you know, through the end of this podcast. Um, promise uh, more uplifting and happy news to come in the future. Knock on wood. Hopefully, <laughs> you know if I can finish with the light story, man. I saw this sto- the story come up again on Wednesday, and I was like at the gym, and so I was like, you know what, mom mentality. I can crank out ten more push-ups, right? Yeah. Okay, so if I could interject similarly, his post to Gordon Hayward after Gordon Hayward uh, that horrific ankle injury, where he like, so Gordon Hayward's a Celtics player, and then his like first game with the Celtics, he like, blows out his ankle and snaps his shin just snaps mm-hmm. it like in half and then kobe bryant wrote like a very uplifting and motivating post to gordon hayward on instagram and it was like be sad be mad be frustrated scream cry sulk and like he tells him like when you're going through this like all this adversity like fight through it and to like focus on the recovery process and like that you'll be a better player for it at the end of the day and like that this adversity is nothing in the light of what you accomplish to come and then it's like hashtag mama mentality always, you know? And I was like, damn, like, this is life. Like, that's the life portion, you know? Like, me coming back from the shoulder, I wish I had read that post. It probably would have, like, these days I've been looking back at that post every day I go to the gym. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to fight through this, you know? And I think that is the uplifting thing, you know? Like, repping out the 10 extra push-ups, fighting through your own adversity. I think that's the mama mentality that we want to keep. Man, I love it. I love it. So, join us again a month from now, folks. And you know or, how we love those hour and a half long pods. Or what? Was that, was or that or later this month. Who knows? Hey, maybe later that month. That mama mentality. Yeah, dude. Mama mentality. That's what this is about. Uh, and hopefully, you guys grabbed some quotes from Joe because he was saying some great stuff there, man. So, I'll uh, close out this pod by just saying I'm Vinny. I'm Joe. Please stay. For the first time since the tragedy. 
And like every team has done in every game this week, they will take a 24-second violation. Each team will do so, or perhaps an eight-second on the second team, in tribute to Kobe Bryant's two retired jerseys, number 24 and number eight. And now Portland, and they've played twice already this week, also with their tribute, an eight-second backcourt violation. For the Lakers, they were scheduled to play on Tuesday against the Clippers.